two, one. Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets. I'm so glad that you're able to join us tonight. If you're watching this on the heart, or if you're listening to this, excuse me, on the Heart and Hands podcast through Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support so much. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share the video. That really helps us out. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. If you enjoy this content, if you like this, if this is a blessing to you, I want to ask, I want to encourage you, go ahead and head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com and go ahead and hit that, click on that donate button and follow the instructions there and you can go ahead and donate to this ministry. We are, we are not asking for your money. You know, we, not at all. But, but if you'd like to be participate with us in that in that way, there's a there's a way for you to do that. Well, a few people have already donated yep. mm-hmm. to support it. But you know, the Apostle Paul in the Book of Philippians talks about partnerships, mm-hmm. and so when you partner with a ministry like this, it is exactly that partnering. Yep. So you are involved in this ministry at that point. You are and you are uh, fully accredited any benefits from this ministry. Mm-hmm. What that means is when God looks at this ministry. The fact that you supported it financially means that you're involved. You're part of it. Mm-hmm. It's as if you were sitting here teaching yourself. Yeah, and exactly so it's right. it's a pretty awesome benefit. That's why we mention it. Uh, we're not, this ministry is fully funded sure, yeah. uh, yep. thanks to the generous support of Central Church of Christ. And so we, we don't need any help. But if you would like to partner, that's if you would true. like to help, if you want to be involved, we yep. want to give you that opportunity. Absolutely. So I think we're going to be in Genesis. I don't think. We are going to be in Genesis chapter 25. Well, if you don't know for sure, then we're in trouble, huh? <laughs> yes. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 25 and look forward to getting into it. Um, your first John class is, you're almost done. Yeah, I'll be done uh, this week. Well, I should have been done this past week. And, um, you know, I didn't get to the, to the last couple of verses that I want to get to. And then we're going to we'll finish that up this week. And then we'll go right into Second John. And okay. start talking about Second John. So. Uh, or you've been looking at it. There's a, there's some good stuff there. Some stuff that I want to talk about. So awesome. Yeah, it's been going well. You know, we get, we've gotten some good response. I mean, some a lot of people are watching, and um, it's good. You know, I, 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 I'm getting more comfortable doing that. You know, it's, uh, it's not, uh, uh, it's not easy. People look at it and say, well, you, you just talk. No, it's not that easy when you know that you're, you're sending out over the airwaves and everybody can hear it. And you're and you're recording it live. You make a mistake, and it's out there. This is this re-recording. We can edit and can scrub <laughs> and fix, and you know, and we do that from time to time. But uh, that's different. It's like our it's like our live stream on Sunday morning. I mean, it's out there, right? You know. Well, any any class we teach, anything we do is is going to require some preparation, and that I I've always found that to be fun, but uh, challenging. You know, and especially here at Central, we've got. Um, some very mature members in the church. We've got some very knowledgeable members in the ch- of the church, very knowledgeable of his book. And so... And a lot of them watch. They're watching yeah. this stuff. So, so, you know, it's a... Uh, but, you know, what I'm saying is it takes a, it takes a bit of a, of a mindset to, to just to, to get to do that. If sure. you've got a class of 15 or 20 people, you know their personality, you know who they are, and you know you can talk about it. But when you've got a, a camera in your face, it's, it's different. It, it is. just is is different, and you got to be aware of it. And, for sure. And uh, sometimes it's odd for the class because you're ta- you're talking to the camera and not talking to them, and they're they're looking at you like what you know. So it's taking them some getting used to too. So, but hey, it's good. It's it's going well. You know, it's uh, uh, I'm I'm getting where I enjoy doing it. So good, good. Know? Well, and it's a great class. I've I've caught snippets of it, and uh, you know. 
book of First John is an excellent book. It's a, it's a really good class for uh, for if you're looking for that kind of a, that elementary that kind of a of a first principles kind of that's kind of the way we, we if do you're just that. starting out kind of yeah it's not it's not real deep we've got classes here for that. You know, uh, Vic's teaching a class on First Corinthians, and and I know Vic's way more way deeper into it than I than I get in my classes. But uh, you know, hey, I, you know, we've got something for everybody. Try you know, if you want to come be with us and join us, man, we'd love to have you. Love That's to have right. you. And if you like the content, man, just just drop us a note. Say, hey, man, I really enjoyed what you're doing. So, and we've had people say that. Yes, we have just lately. So, uh, thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in and watching. Right. Let's pray. We'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. So grateful, Father, for for all that we're learning here, all the things, the promises that you made. We know uh, that these folks are looking for a Messiah, are looking for a Savior, and uh, and we're looking, we're trying to help to find Him, and uh, we know who He is. Uh, we have a relationship with Him because of you, and we can't say thank you enough. We ask your blessings upon us tonight as we study that we might uh, present this this material in a way that, that people can learn and grow. And for those folks that are watching, uh, you know the situations each one of them's in. And bring those folks to us that to, to listen that, that need uh, this kind of this kind of class, Father, and uh, touch them in a very special way. Thank you uh, for all of them that are watching and all of them that will watch over the coming months that will watch these classes. Just bless them. And bless us again tonight. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Dan, let me ask you something. Um, have you ever seen God answer prayer? Yes. Okay. Yes. Care to give us an example? Uh, you know, uh, in, in an eldership, you know, I'm an elder in this church. Well, and, and hold on. I just want to point out that was a very assertive yes. Yes. No hesitancy. Oh, so, I knew, I know. I, it's, it's interesting. So, I, I would like you to no, I know. elaborate. I, mean, uh, I have... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, maybe I've talked about this one before, uh, you know, but, but uh, you know, when you're in a crisis mode as an eldership, many times the church doesn't have any idea what's going on. They know, they know the, the, the and that, and, and I look at, and I watch as I read and I, and I know that the church at Ephesus had elders because Paul calls them to him in Miletus in Acts chapter 20. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, I'm going to tell you something among your own flock, among your own people. Ravenous wolves going to spring up, and uh, and that's crisis mode stuff. That can be crisis when you're dealing with a congregation of people and you have different personalities. Sometimes you get in a crisis mode, and uh, and as human beings, you forget sometimes that that you're not. That's not your job to, to do this. Okay, it's God's job. Uh, you're just there to shepherd them and just to guide them. And uh, and I have experienced that where where an eldership looked at itself. And said, "Man, this ain't working. Yeah. This ain't working. You know, this is not getting better. This is getting worse. And uh, and we need to we need to stop and reevaluate. And the first eva- reevaluation was we need to start talking to God more about this than we are. And we need to do that together. And we need to turn it over to God. And and then to watch Him work is an incredible thing to watch." Because all the things that you tried that didn't work, you watch things that you never thought of trying that worked, and you know where it came from because you know that you just you just went like this and said, "I give up, I can't do this. This is bigger than me. It's bigger than us. We've got to let God really take over." 
And, you know, yeah, guys, I mean, sometimes an eldership can forget. You know, we're human beings. We're men. We're human beings. We make mistakes, and we forget that that this is God's church, not ours. And, you know, I, I ask for your forgiveness if we've done that, but, but we have. And and we've needed uh, we've needed God's help in situations, and to watch Him show up, you know, to watch Him knock dominoes over, it's a fun thing to watch, you know, it it really is. I've seen it in people's lives. I've seen I've seen God show up in people's lives. I've seen them struggle with stuff. I've seen them struggle. I, I, you know, you know, we've lost we've lost people in this church, and and seen God work in people's lives through those those accidents and deaths in people's lives. I've seen it. I've seen God show up. Now, if you're not attuned to watching for God showing up, then you're probably not going to see it. You're going to attribute it to something else. I don't attribute it to that. That you know, I know that that God has showed up. I know that we have members here that uh, that when my grandson died, and I had someone call me that was not here anymore, and was living in another state, and and that person said, "We have to come back to Victoria." And they packed their stuff up, quit their jobs, and moved back to town. And it was because of the... And I hadn't talked to them in two years. And and it was because of the connection that we got through the death of my grandson. And it was and it was powerful. I knew it was God. I knew that, that, uh, that uh, God had intervened and was causing good things to happen through something that was so horrific for this whole church. This whole church was grieving. And it was something that was happening. And so I watched God work. Now, people will say, oh, that's not really. You know, I'm sorry, but that's, uh, as, a, as a Christian man has been doing this for 40, going on 40 years, you know, I, I believe that, that God shows up and works and is very powerful in what he does. Sure. I believe it. I don't have to have him put a gun in my ear. And I don't have to have him whisper in my ear. I know that God is real. I know that he's real. And if you don't, I would love to sit down with you. I'd love to to show you passages in the text. I would love to see to for you to to see that that poof, where the lights go off and say, "Oh my, he, he was right." Yeah. You've seen God work in your life, and you know that there's no other explanation except that God showed up. Mm-hmm. You know that oh, yeah. because you know as men we 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 like to think that we're we're all that to all them. <laughs> We do. That's what that most men are like. And when, when a man can't take care of his family, you know, I mean, when, you're, when you have a family that's in, in absolute, utter despondency, you know, you're lost because there's nothing you can do. You can't fix that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I've said this before, uh, you know, I'm, I'm standing in front of a detective and a whole bunch of detectives are standing all around me. And I know they're thinking, this guy killed this kid? And, and, I'm, and I'm crying. And I said, he said, is there anything we can do for you? And I said, yeah, there's one thing. Wake him up. I need five minutes. I need five minutes. You know, he said, man, Mr. Spade, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I said, I know that. But I need to tell him some stuff. I need five minutes. Because I knew that my my family, and I'm going, man, this is not going to be fun, man, because my family is going to absolutely lose their minds. And they were. And I watched God show up in this, and the, and the people here that just, they just, you know, I watched the lady, you know, take my same son that lost his son and has two other children, and I watched her when he was thought he might lose his children. That, that 
the the mother was threatening, making some threats, and and I watched her just tough, you know, hard, walked up, and just grabbed him like this and just bawling. You know, that's God working in people's lives, and if she's watching, she knows who it is. You know, and and uh, that's God shows up. You know, it's when you're a Christian, and you believe in God, you attribute it God's stuff to God. People in the world attribute God's stuff to the luck, chance, happenstance, or I'm just really that good. No, you're not. You're not that good. None of us are. Have to have God. You know, and, and Abraham, you know, Abraham, man, you know how many times he looked at it and said, because he had he had conversations with him. Yeah. You know, God talked to him. When it was at Sodom and Gomorrah, he's standing there talking as the angel walked off, and he's standing there talking to the ones left. And, you know, he knows God showed up, and he still messes up. Oh, yeah. But, you know, thank God that, that we have a God that's full of grace and full of mercy and full of love mm-hmm. and absolutely knows absolute. You know, we did the the, uh, uh, the small group because this is at the day after. This will come out in a week. but it's, mm-hmm. And we did the small group with all them little kids. And, and uh, you know, and it was it was neat to watch, mm-hmm. to watch them kids. And, I mean, we have a, we have a great bunch of kids. And, and I got up and said, the one regret I have is I didn't get to experience that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I had to learn this stuff later on in life. And these kids are going to get the experience of their parents teaching them and training them. And I said, all of us in this room, there was, I don't know, there's probably 40 people here. All the people in this room have a responsibility to these kids and to these parents and to these families to help them do what they have to do. Because that's what God's called us to. That's right. And God shows up. And sometimes he shows up through us. But but God answers prayer. Oh, yeah. And we need to be praying for those families, for you and for Kevin and for Paul and for Sam and Sarah and for all these people that have young kids, you know, Stockton. Jarrett. Got, yeah. And Jarrett and Sarah. You know, all these people that have little kids that, you know, are, is our future of our youth group. Catherine and Richard. Yeah, Catherine and Richard. And, so you know, many of them. So many of them. And we need to pray for them. You know, I mean, Satan is is uh, once our family's destroyed. Oh yeah. You know, well, and it's interesting to watch the world work towards it as well. Now, our society works toward work works towards destroying families. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of the the ills of our society aren't coming because people are are being oppressed or people are are being pushed down. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But the majority of the ills from our society are due to the destruction of the family. Absolutely. That's what's gone Absolutely. on. And if you look at statistics, if you look at, at the trends, starting back in the from the 40s to now, we've gone from, you know, a, maybe a 20% fatherless uh, rate to a 70% with some minority groups. And even, even among majority groups, if you want to break it down that way, we've gone from 5 or 2% up to 20 and 30%. So the, the and I I would say it's probably higher than that. The, the the you know the thing that our society is struggling with is broken families. Yeah, the, the enemy has done an excellent job yeah. of destroying these families, and uh, and God was very specific from the very beginning. He created a male and female, and he created Eve because Adam he saw that Adam was alone. Yeah. What did he create? He created the family. He did, and they started having children yes. right away. They started having children. You know, we only know of three of them. Correct. But there were more children than that. More than likely. You know, but we only know of three. Cain, Abel, and Seth is all we know of. All, the only ones we that we have names to, I think, 
Uh, I may be wrong, but I think that's all only ones we have names to. I think, but you know, they had they had families. That was a family, and that so God's big on family. Well, and it's it. I I would say if we well, and we we covered that in Genesis one. It sure. is through the family that you know Genesis chapter one verse twenty six and twenty seven. You know, he created man in his image and the image of God. Mm-hmm. He created him to rule over mm-hmm. creation, and and he created them in male and female. He created them in his image. So, you know the absolutely what you're saying is true and we've seen what happens when we walk away from families when we stop supporting families you know and our culture and our society has decided that men don't need to do what men are supposed to do men need to do something else they need to, apparently they need to be well anyway yeah and you know we the original question was have i ever seen god answer prayer and absolutely well you know i've seen him answer prayer in in my own life and in my my kids i've seen him answer prayer in other people's lives in their kids i've seen god show up Sure. You know, in a in a in a catastrophe of a of a family that's Absolutely. disintegrating, and and you watch God, you know, that you look at it and say, "What am I supposed to do with this? Well, I can't fix this." Absolutely, in my own life as well. You know, there's there's no question that before I became a Christian, my trajectory with my family was on the way to divorce, mm-hmm. and God stepped in. You know, we we made that pledge and devoted ourselves to him. We converted to Christianity and God stepped in and cleaned it up. It didn't happen overnight. We still have to deal with some repercussions from from that time period. But my wife and I couldn't imagine, you know, I, I remember before it was like I was looking for an excuse. Now I couldn't imagine going through life without my partner, without my wife. Sure, absolutely. And so, um, you know, it's what our society is doing with uh, families is horrible and that's part of what we're doing here you know part of what we're doing here is is going back to the book and saying hey what does god have in mind and and trying and trying to to get through some of this stuff is very obscure yes and you and you know we're, we're going to talk about something tonight that that i had not seen before i know it's there but i had not seen it before and it and it's just uh uh you know god god loves he it says god is love in first john God is love. And the way we perfect that and complete that love is we pass that love on to other people. He loved us and we love other folks. He said, that's how they'll know that you, that you belong to me by the love you have one for another. Yes. And so, you know, it, God's going to work in, the, in our lives. He's, he promised he's going to. So there's a lot of things that God's doing that we don't see as answered prayer, but it is answered prayer. It may not be. Sometimes we're going to ask for things. And it says in, that, in 1 John that, that we have confidence that, that God will give us what we ask for. We have confidence, but there's a trailer to that. It says he will give us what we ask for when we ask according to his will. So if I know what his will is, if I'm striving to understand what his will is, and I ask, I'm going to only ask for things that God is already in his will. I'm going to ask that God protects your family. I'm not going to ask him how to do that. I'm not going to tell him how to do that. I'm going to say, God, would you please protect Cole and Jessica's family? Please protect them. Now, bad things can still happen. He's still protecting your family. I don't know how that works. I'm not privy to all that. Correct. But I'm going to pray that we're going to, and I believe that God is going to show up. You know, well, I believe you here. No, I don't believe. I know you here is God answering our prayer. But we've been praying for you for about four years. We've been praying not for you personally, but we've been praying for the whoever you have picked out. Please work in his life, get him ready, get us ready for when he's here. And how did it click when first got here? I mean, I mean, it was it was like the light went on, wasn't it? 
Well, and we, it's the same for us. We spent a lot of time in prayer about where we were going and what we were going to do. And, uh, you know, we prayed over the whole thing from start to finish. And so we, we feel the exact same way. We look at this and we say that, you know, this is a God thing. He's absolutely, he's absolutely working. Thing. This is where he wants us. Absolutely. We, we don't have any doubt when it comes to that. And so we definitely feel the same way. Well, and we're going to see that today in Genesis mm-hmm. chapter 25. We're going to see God answer prayer. We're going to see God's promises fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And all of this is part of Genesis 25. Um, a lot of the reason Genesis 25 exists, I believe, after looking through this chapter, is to, to help those Israelites who are wandering in the desert right now. Because that's that's who wrote, Moses wrote this. Moses he wrote it, yeah. handed this down. And some of this, no doubt, they would have known. But he's handing this down to them to those Israelites who are wandering, trying to build up faith, which is a shocking thing considering the fact that as God is leading these people through the wilderness in a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke, Moses is also confirming he has always done this for his people. He has always led. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get to see that in Genesis 25. We're going to see some awesome promises fulfilled. We're going to but see think some prayers about, Think about as Moses writes this and he's giving it to the people and he's letting them read this stuff and, and he's writing these books and we don't know for sure when he wrote them. We know before they go into the promised land, for real, he doesn't get to go. So he's wrote these already. Correct. He's already wrote these. And so they're, they're reading this and they're reading their history. Yes. They're reading their history. Yes. You know, I, I have a I have an uncle that died storming the beach at Tarawa. Never found him. And uh, uh, and my sweet daughter-in-law, Delissa, and Paul went and got all this information, and I found it, and I got all this paperwork. I said, she said, and I think her mom said, I found this website that maybe can help. Do you think Dan would be interested? Absolutely. And I got all this paperwork, got a whole bunch of paperwork. And I found out there's, I get chills thinking about it, you know, that that uh, I'm reading the history of my uncle's service from about 18 until he died. He died when he was like 19. Stormy, we never found him. Well, there there's five sets of remains in what they call the punch bowl. It's in Hawaii. They call it the punch bowl. And it is, it is a collection place for the remains of soldiers from World War II. And they have five remains that they believe one of those five remains could be him. Of course, it's not my call to make because I'm not, I'm just, a, I'm just a nephew. It's not, this is for his brothers to make. And, uh, but, you know, I thought, man, you, you understand, I'm reading this stuff and I don't know any of this stuff. And I'm reading, and I'm mesmerized by some, by where he went to, where he went to train. And th- there's all kinds of information about him that I didn't know anything about. I didn't know what division he was with. I didn't know what company he was with, nothing. And I found all that stuff out. Think about what these people are reading this and they're hearing all of this stuff and they're they're mesmerized by sure. the by the the truth of what they're reading, listening to what they're reading that Moses wrote to them. It's amazing. Well, in Genesis 25 starts out with that. It starts out with, you know, I, I said very clearly earlier that Abraham, after the test of after the test with Isaac and Isaac being born, was going to very quickly exit the narrative. Mm-hmm. And this is this is pretty much his, his last is it? chapter. Is it? He's going to exit. Yep. So uh, in Genesis chapter 25, it starts out with uh, Abraham had taken another wife whose name was Keturah, and all of these children that were born to Abraham through Keturah. Now, this guy is like, you know, 125, 130 at this point, yeah. and he's having all of these kids. God is blessing um, him, isn't he? He's, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. I, I watched you guys yesterday. Mm-hmm. The thought of having one of those. 
of my own <laughs> is not appealing and, at all. And you're not. You're and not I'm 69. Even, I was going to say you're not even half his age no, yet. <laughs> no, it's not appealing at all. Well, not what, appealing at all. What, well. Just make sure not. It is not for the faint of heart. Let me <laughs> yeah. tell you, they have little kids. Uh, so, it, it notice in verse five though, it says Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac, but while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. So, he does have multiple. He has a lot more kids. Mm-hmm. He does bless those kids. Abraham, I, I look at Abraham and I see a very loving father. He loved Ishmael. He even contended with God on Ishmael's behalf saying, yes. hey, can, can this be the son? Uh, when his wife, Sarah, became enraged at Hagar and wanted to get rid of Ishmael and Hagar, it bothered Abraham. And it wasn't. It was only until God came and said, hey, I've got him, that Abraham made that very difficult decision and said, fine, I'm going to give him a water skin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send him away. Again, Abraham loved his children. This was a huge act of faith on Abraham's part to just give him a water skin and send him off. That was a huge act of faith, trusting that the Lord is going to do what he said. Here again, the Israelites are, it's confirmed again. The Lord said, your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Boom. Look at all of these descendants that he, and this is just first generation descendants. These are the male children, by the way. Mm -hmm. I do not believe that there are any women mentioned here. Um, and so it, did he only have sons? Did he also have some daughters? Because we look at it from we the New know. Testament, and we know that when you look at it from a spiritual standpoint, you know, Galatians chapter 3 says that we're all Abraham's seed and heirs yes. of the promise. So, you, so, yes. his, so his, his, his descendants are like the stars in the heavens because yes. we are. We are the descendants of Abraham, spiritually speaking. Not yes. not physically, but spiritually speaking, we are the sons of Yes, Gal- so, you're absolutely right. Galatians chapter 3 makes it very clear that if you have put on Christ, if you have made that commitment to follow him and have been obedient to him, um, and you are continuing to follow him, yes, you are absolutely spiritual children of Abraham. Absolutely. He is our father in the faith. And then in chapter 4, it says he adopts us. Yes. And so we have we have a legitimate right to the, to the inheritance of, that is eternal life. Well, and Jesus confirms this when he looks at the Jews during his age who are rejecting him and says, your father is not Abraham. No. Even though biologically he was, your father is not Abraham, but rather your father is the devil. And, and you are liars and murderers. And he like told him. him, he said, he said, God could raise up children of Abraham from these, from these rocks. Yeah. He could make children of Abraham from these rocks. You know, that doesn't, that, that, that's got to, that's not, not set well with them. No. Because they thought it very, you know, they patting themselves on the back, breaking their arm, patting themselves on the back because they're children of Abraham. And it, it's not what God was talking about at all. No. Now, he does have a lot of descendants here. And he, is gonna, he has been blessed over his life with a, with a huge family. He really has. Well, and, and in 7 uh, through 10, we see that Abraham, it confirms Abraham lived 175 years. And then Abraham breathed his life and, at last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years. And he was gathered to his people. Notice it marks where he was buried uh, in the cave of uh, Mount uh, Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, uh, son of Zoar the Hittite. So that, that same cave. Missed something. Go ahead. Look at the beginning of verse 9. What does it say? His sons Isaac and his Ishmael. His sons buried. Isaac and Ishmael oh, yes. buried him Absolutely. in the cave at Machpelah. Yep. So they, they weren't estranged. No. They both loved their father. Yes. It's just that the that the promise was not through Ishmael. Yes. The promise was through Isaac. And it's important to it's important to remember that because we're about to start dealing with Jacob and Esau. Yeah. And a, and so many times because God looks at these these men 
and he calls the nation after their their father. So, you know, uh, the nation of Israel is is called Israel because Jacob gets his name changed to Israel, and it's it's for Jacob that that nation is named. Um, Esau stands in place of the people of Edom, which is its own nation. Mm-hmm. Ishmael will stand in place. His that name will stand in place of an entire people group. Yeah, and so it's it's important to remember that God ascribes to these nations the names of their father. And so when God says, you know, Israel I loved or Jacob I loved and Esau I hated, he's not necessarily talking about the person Esau. He's not necessarily talking about the person Israel or Jacob. He's talking about the people that will come after him. And and it's going to become really clear in the narrative because God is going to say something to Rachel and he's going to say, or Rebecca, excuse me, I always do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's going to say something to Rebecca um, very, we're going to see that here and I'll bring it up when we get there, okay. but he's going to say something and it, it's, it'll make sense. So, um, right after this, right after Abraham's death, uh, notice it says in verse 11, after Abraham's death, God blessed his son, Isaac, who left, who lived near Bir Lahai Roy. Um, and then right after that, we have an account of Ishmael, um, who was son of Hagar, the slave. Uh, and these are the names of the sons of Ishmael listed in order of their birth. And so it lists these 12 men. And notice the text says in 16, these were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the 12 tribal rulers. If we go back to Genesis chapter 17, verse 20, this is where Abraham lifted up the name of Ishmael and and he laughed and he said, hey, God, instead of through this son I'm not even aware of, how about through Ishmael? How about the promise comes through Ishmael? Mm -hmm. And God said in, in Genesis chapter 17, 20, and as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him to a great nation. So when Sarah said, get rid of these, these kids and God said, I will take care of him. Don't worry. That was God reconfirming. I believe this promise here and Abraham acted in on faith and gave just a single skin of water to his slave and to his son and said goodbye. And they off they went him fully trusting that God was going to take care of him. This is then chapter 17, verse 20. That's God making the promise. And here in Genesis chapter 25, we have the confirmation of the promise. Yes. These are the 12 rulers. So God comes through on his word. Incredibly important. It's an incredibly important thing because there are all sorts of promises in the mm-hmm. New Testament that we are made as Christians. Absolutely. I'm not promised. God has not promised me that he's going to make, make my son into a great nation or any mm-hmm. of these things. But he has promised me some things. He's promised me forgiveness. Mm-hmm. He's promised me that I can enter into his throne room and receive mercy. He's promised me that I, he wants to hear from me. Mm-hmm. He's promised me that as long as I pursue his righteousness, food and clothing will be added to me. They're not something that I have to go out and look for. Which then begs doesn't the mean I have to go have a job. Well, but, but then why do I have a job? Because God's going to bless me with with the stuff that I well, need. But God's going to bless me with the stuff I need, being food and clothing, regardless of whether I have a job. That's not the stipulation. The stipulation is now. Paul says, "Let's make it really clear here. I don't want someone getting confused." Paul says, "If you don't <laughs> You're work, stepping all here." Well, if Paul says, "If you don't work, you don't eat," mm-hmm. makes that very clear. Says it in First Thessalonians, yep. I believe. So Paul makes that clear. We are to be working. But why? If it's not to secure food, if it's not to secure clothing, why do we do it? Why do we work? I would argue we work so we have to give. So we have something to give back. That's why we work. I would say I work because God told me to. 
because God commanded me to, and so I work. And <laughs> that's and, an excellent answer as well. That, but, that know, absolutely and I'm gonna, is true. And I'm going to do what God told me. Absolutely. And uh, and you know, it's not always going to be fun. It's not going to always make any sense to me. Correct. But I'm going to do it anyway because that's what He said, and that's the commitment I made, and that's what commitment that many of us have made when when we came to Christ on Christ's terms. We gave ourselves to Him. We decided to start following Him. We denied ourselves and said, "I'm going to do it." And many times it doesn't make any sense to turn Ishmael out into the wilderness. No, doesn't make sense to a father. No. You know, when you're when you're hands-on guy and you fix everything that you get, get grab a hold of, it doesn't make any sense to turn loose of it and say, "Okay, God, you got to take over because I can't do this anymore." But then you then you can watch God answer your prayer. Then you can watch God show up oh, yeah. when you can finally let go and say, "Okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have a thankfully." God used the the my talents and abilities and used my positions. Very well. I mean, he used them, gave them to me, and used them for me to be able to do what I do. Sure. And what I've always done. So, uh, I think that I think you being a paramedic, uh, I think you may have chosen that outside of God's realm, made that choice on your own. Oh yeah. But God took that and used that, and you have you have used that. You just told us a story a while ago downstairs before we came up here you told us a story about that just happened to you the other day that you got to use that information oh, yeah. that ability yeah. to and and it and it made an impact on some people in that you didn't even know correct i mean you're driving down the street see a car see an accident a motorcycle wreck and you're the first one on the scene you stop until the paramedics get there to help this guy you know who's laying in the pavement you know all busted up God's using you. Oh, there's, I through mean, that through the your decision long time ago. Yeah, God wanted you to be a preacher. Well, apparently that was his. Yeah, but not back then. Yeah, back then, you weren't. I certainly you weren't going to so. be a preacher back then. No, you were going to be a paramedic. Yes, you wanted to be a helicopter paramedic. Yes, I did. And you were going to go do that, right? That was my intent. Yes. Could God have used that? Absolutely. He is using it now. Sure. You know, God forbid we ever have something that happens here, that that training will absolutely come into play. You know. But you know that that's a that is a God working out His plan in our lives, just like He's doing here. Absolutely. He's got a plan, working it out, and He's going to work it out because here it here's another fulfillment right here at the end of this text. He says uh, in the end of verse eighteen, it says, "And they lived in hostility toward all the tribes related to them." Hmm. Well, in chapter sixteen, it says the same thing. Yes, it does. He says he is going to be in hostility with all of his brothers. That that's the makeup of this kid. It's not. Not, God didn't make him that way. Just the, it's it's the way of this kid. Well, and in, in Genesis 16, he this was a promise he made to Hagar. Yeah. So he made this promise to Hagar when they fled mm-hmm. from Sarah. They they ran away from Sarah, and and God meets them in the wilderness, and he he prophesies this. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what he tells him. Yes, you're. He what I'm a wondering, wild donkey of a man. What I'm Absolutely. wondering is, uh, Sarah's dead now, right? Yes. And Ishmael's back. I wonder. What kind of that that dynamic was going on at that time? Well, we don't know. This is also no. We where, don't know. We don't know. I'm just a, you know because right. I'm looking at it from 21st century, you know, and and uh, you know, I mean, you get estranged from a parent. Parents gone no more. No, no more. And now all of a sudden, the strange child's back. You know, well, maybe this kid came back because Sarah's gone because Sarah's the one that had a problem with him. Abraham right. didn't have a problem with him. Sarah's the one that had a problem with him. Right. Abraham did what God told him. He sent him off. But Ishmael's back, that's what it says in the first part of this. 
Ishmael and Isaac both buried him. Correct. They're both there. Maybe he came back because maybe he could come back because Sarah's back. I it's, mean, God. I mean, it's I always know. possible. I don't know. This is also where Ishmael exits. The this text. is me read between the lines. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, it's it's cer- it's certainly possible. It's certainly plausible. Uh, but this is where Ishmael uh, also exits the text. Notice in, in 17, Ishmael lived 137 years. He mm-hmm. breathed his last and died, and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. As you go toward Asher, and they lived in hostility toward all the tribes related to them. So we've had multiple promises confirmed. So Abraham got to see multiple of these promises that God had made or these prophecies that God had spoke. He got to see these things confirmed mm-hmm. um and, and it's it's pretty cool i wonder so, if he if abraham i'm sure he did i wonder what kind of contact he had with ishmael and, and if he knew that that uh, that there that this this was a hostile individual that there was hostility in, in that fa- family line i wonder if he knew that i'm sure he did I, I, i'm just i just something i wonder you know did he know and how much of it did he know because what we have is page words on a page and it really just tells us just what we need to know you know, yeah. John tells us that, that what we have written about Jesus is enough. But there's so much more. Mm-hmm. There's so much more here that, you know, you you look at it and you... And I don't want to put words that are not there. I don't want to put that there. But I just wonder, you know, would it help us to understand the narrative if we start looking at... If we looked at sometimes just, hey, what could have been happening here? What was the dynamic that was going on here? Just a, just a side thought. Absolutely. So then it, it focuses in on Isaac... Um, Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, from Paddan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord. Now, this is interesting. Uh, now, it's all been interesting, excuse me, but mm-hmm. no, notice here. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer. And all throughout this text, notice Lord, capital B-L, mm-hmm. little lowercase O-R, but still capital O-R-D, Lord. So this is Yahweh right? Mm-hmm. The covenant God of Israel. Yes. That's that's what we're supposed to be reading here. Um, so that he prayed to the covenant God of Israel, Lord, mm-hmm. the Lord, on behalf of his wife, because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other. So that's that's awesome. Isaac prays. He looks to God. wonder where he learned that from. He learned from his father. From his father, no mm-hmm. doubt. He prays to the Lord on behalf of his wife because there's this problem. His wife's not getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. He prays the Lord on behalf of his wife. The Lord answers his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. And that's really all it says about that about that initial struggle. It's two verses. Huge, huge thing going on here. Your wife is, can't, isn't getting pregnant, so how long has that been going on? Mm-hmm. And now, God, you pray to her, and how long did it take? We don't know. It doesn't, no. it doesn't say. No, it doesn't tell us. There's no doubt a lot of struggle there, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't tell us anymore. In verse 22, the babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, so all So what do you have here? You, you see, Isaac prays. Mm-hmm. Rebecca's got a problem. She prays. Okay. So we have a, a family here that is a family of prayer. For and sure. if you want to just look at that, stop right there. You ask yourself, is, is my family a family of prayer? When problems happen, do I take it before God? Mm. Do I take it before God as a husband? Yeah. Do I take it before God as a father? Do I take it before God as a wife and a mother? Do I take it before God? You know, I mean, I mean, I watched you, you guys last night and and 
and mothers were there too. And, and I watched the, the, the dynamic of you guys and, and you families, you know, interacting with these kids. It's a great thing. That Friday night youth small group is a great thing. You know, you guys are, you know, those little kids all came up and they all did their memory verse. And it wasn't an easy memory verse. This was a, a fairly decent memory verse. And, uh, I mean, it was, uh, it was the Shema, which is two verses long. It's, you know, I mean, it's easy to recite when you know it, but it's not easy to recite when you're trying to learn it. Well, we, we said Jesus' version of the Shema. I understand. So it, it, adds, it, adds, it adds one extra thing, right? The Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is, you know, love them with all your heart, soul, and strength or mm-hmm. mind. I can't remember yeah. if it's one. But it's Jesus has both. Yeah. And so it is, it is, it is, it is a wordy one for sure. Yes, it's wordy, wordy for, especially for kids. And some of those little kids were this big. Oh, I love, I love watching the, the little kids, you know, little three, Hannah. four, yeah, Hannah, two, saying this stuff. I know. They can learn. They can memorize it. Absolutely. It just, it takes and, practice. And, I, and I'm looking at this and I'm here, here we have, you know, Isaac's going to make some mistakes. Yes, I understand that. And, and Rebecca, I mean, these are not perfect people. I didn't see perfect people last night either. No. These are these are flawed families with 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 individual problems, trying to raise children in a in a world. And I and I got up there and I said, I said, guys, these kids have no clue that they have been born with a gold spoon. From my perspective, not literally, but from my perspective, I didn't have that. So my my look at that, I'm saying I have to help. I've got to help. I've got to sign up to teach Bible classes if I'm if I'm able. I've got to I've got to babysit. I've got to do that. I've got to help. I've got to be if nothing else. I got to pray for these kids and these families because if that's all I can do, then that's what I need to do. Absolutely. Because this is that important. That's right. You know, th- th- this is that important for these two. Isaac is is he wants family. He knows that God's told him, "I'm going to bless you through your descendants." Well, he's in the same boat his father was in. And here is his wife. Now she's got a problem because she's got, she's got something going on inside of her that she don't understand. She's pregnant now, and now she's got rumblings inside, and there's a, there's a conflict inside of her. I don't know what that feels like, ladies. I have no idea. I'm just telling you that in this verse she says, uh-oh, and what does she do? Pray. She can't go to the doctor. She goes to her father. She said, so she went to inquire of the Lord. Went to the altar, offered a sacrifice. God, please help me. And what does she believe? That God's going to show up. And he does. you got to ask yourself, if you have children, if you're one of those families and you're watching this, pray for your children. God will show up. I promise. I'm going to pray for them because I know that God will show up. I know he will. He's going to do great things in these families, these kids. Now, does that mean all of them are going to be faithful? No, I don't know that. Are all of them going to accomplish everything? I don't know that either. But I know that God's going to show up. There's certainly is. a lot less of a chance of them growing up to follow the Lord. There's certainly a lot less of a chance of them growing up to to seek after Him and to follow Him if we're not praying over them, if we're not teaching them about the Lord, if we're not raising them up to well, do those things. we're going to see that Isaac in next chapter, we probably won't get there tonight, but the next chapter, Isaac has learned some bad stuff from his daddy too. Yes, he has. He's learned some good stuff, but he's learned some bad stuff too. And those families, some of those kids are going to learn the good and the bad. They need to be, you know, they need to be 
praying with their children. They need to be memorizing these scriptures with their children. They need to be talking about God and not arguing all the time amongst themselves. Absolutely. Yep. And and y'all look at this and say, here's this lady and this guy, and they are in the seed line of, of Jesus. They are they are he's not the guy. No, the guy not. will come from him. Yes. He's not the guy. Well, and that's and that's kind of been the question. If you remember from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we're waiting on a seed. Yeah, we're waiting. Now, Isaac has been the son of promise, and the text has made a big deal about Isaac. And even up until this point, it looks like Isaac's Isaac's looking pretty good here. Yeah, but he's you not. know, the, oh, my wife isn't pregnant. Let me let me pray over yep. her. And yep. then Rebecca's is prayer as well. And so, wait a minute, is is this well? And the next chapter is going to tell us. The yep. next chapter, Isaac is going to fail a test, just yep. like his father did. Just like his father. It, it, exactly the same, the same test. Same test. Same failure. Same scenario. Everything. It's it's the same guy. The same guy. Well, and <laughs> notice. That God just showed up mm-hmm. the same way Abraham failed, right? God yeah. tells Abraham, hey, go and do this thing. There's famine in the land. And then he fails the test. Yeah. It's the same. Isaac is going to fail in the exact same way. And there's a reason for that. There's a, there's a narrative structure here yeah. that he's comparing. Yeah. That is that is making this contrast. But notice what he says to Rebecca. I want to I cover this at the end here. And then that way we can, we can move on next time. Um, why is this happening to me? She asked the Lord. So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now, this is talking about the nations that will come from her. She's pregnant with Jacob, and she's pregnant with Esau. And Jacob is going to come, and he's going to end up being the the patriarch of the nation of Israel. He will have his name. He changed. will become Israel. He will be. He will have his name changed to Israel. Yes. And it's his twelve sons that will be the tribes of Israel. Um, that Jesus will come from one. That Jesus will come from, correct. Uh, the other son is Esau, and he will become the patriarch of a different nation. The Edomites. The, the Edomites. And this promise is about them. And it's important to remember that because God will later say, you know, Israel I loved and Esau I hated. He's not talking about... no. People here, he's taught. He's referring he's back to these nations. nations. Yes, and he certainly did love the Edomites. He didn't. The idea that he hated all of the Edomites is just not true. He tells the people of Israel when they're going up into the Promised Land, "These are your brothers. Leave them alone." Yeah. Now, when the Edomites decide to become a wicked people, he will judge them. He will bring judgment on them. Guess what? When Israel turns away from God, he he's going to judge them too. This when I, we do that. He will judge us too. That's right. This this we all, we sometimes get this mistaken impression mistaken impression that only the Israelites followed or served God. That's not true. That is not true. That's not true. That is not true. It is very very likely that Abimelech in the next chapter is going to say that he recognizes that God's been blessing this kid. Yes. Well, and it's very likely that other tribes specifically from Abraham. You saw how many kids Abraham had. You think he didn't teach his kids about God? You think he didn't say anything to his his children about about Yahweh whom he serves? Absolutely he did. He absolutely told Ishmael as well. And so this idea that only the Israelites followed. Now, the promise is going to come through them and they are going to be his nation. But there is plenty of plenty of other archaeological evidence to indicate that there were more followers of Yahweh than just the Israelites. Mm. Now, did he have the same relationship, the same covenant no. relationship? No, no, of course. Because they weren't the people then of the promise. They were not the people of the promise. No. But God has always cared about people. 
all people are his creation. That's why when he looks at Abraham, he says, all nations of the world will be blessed through you. He has always loved. You don't believe me? Go read Jonah. Go read Jonah and see how God works to save those sailors. He cares about everyone, even you. And how he cared about the nation of Nineveh. That's right. Because that's where Jonah was going. Jonah didn't want to go there. He didn't want to teach those people. No. He didn't want to teach them. Well, and, and they all repent. Well, right, yes. But God, what God told Jonah, this is what's awesome about that story. God didn't tell Jonah, hey, go preach the Ninevites so they repent. He told Jonah, you go tell them Ninevites, I'm going to wipe them from the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. That's what he told Jonah. And Jonah, knowing his God, knowing that the Ninevites might repent, decided to go the other way because he didn't want to give the Ninevites an opportunity. And when he went there, what did they do? They did repent. Yep. And God spared them. That's right. We serve God an awesome... loves his creation. And we serve an awesome, merciful God. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, and he is calling all people. Now and, he's calling them through Christ. And, you know, we ought to thank, because there's these little there's these little tidbits in here, you know, like like I so, just saw with Isaac and Rebecca. Sure. And you connect it to what we saw last night with all those little families, those young families. And, <clears throat> and you see... You see you and with your three kids and Paul and Delissa with theirs and, and the booths weren't there, but uh, but we saw other ones there. And there was, what, 10, 15 kids there <coughs> about? Some, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. And, and, and that you, wasn't all of them. We had, we no, had I know as there you was. pointed out, we had a few I families know. missing. I know, but, <laughs> but it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. God is going to bless these families and good things are going to happen for these families. It's an incredible privilege <coughs> to get to work with these families. Absolutely. You know? And we, we've said time and time again, you know, we don't want to disciple your kids. That's your job. Yeah. You know, it's, it's if you've been blessed with children, it's your job to disciple your children. It's Absolutely. your job to bring them up to love and follow the Lord. And if you want to be a part of that, they meet at 6 o'clock. But we, as this children's small group, <coughs> our goal is to come alongside you and help That's disciple right. your kids. That's right. They're your kids to disciple. We want to help. Yeah, and so um, the parents have certainly responded to that. Um, we have we have a great children's small group that meets up here at the building at six o'clock on Fridays, and um, and you're more than welcome. Absolutely, and we would love to have you. Absolutely, we'll pick it up here. Yes, sir. We got some good stuff coming. Oh my goodness! Yeah, some good stuff. Let's pray. All right, Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity we've had to study together. Uh, the things that we learn, sometimes it, it's just bits and pieces and we put them together and see how, how awesome you are and how powerful and how merciful. We can't say thank you enough. <clears throat> Father, thank you for, for blessing us and thank you for our audience. Bless them. Help them to see clearly the things they need to do and help us, find, Father, to find those folks that need to hear some, some truth from us. And thank you again for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.